Chapter Fifteen of Two Maccabees. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Laurie Arsenault. Two Maccabees, Dewey Rames Version. Chapter Fifteen. Judas, encouraged by a vision, gains a glorious victory over Nicanor. The Conclusion. But when Nicanor understood that Judas was in the places of Samaria, he purposed to set upon him with all violence on the Sabbath day. And when the Jews that were constrained to follow him said, Do not act so fiercely and barbarously, but gave honor to the day that is sanctified, and reverenced him that beholdeth all things, that unhappy man asked if there were a mighty one in heaven that had commanded the Sabbath day to be kept. And when they answered, There is the living Lord himself in heaven, the mighty one that commanded the seventh day to be kept. Then he said, And I am mighty upon the earth, and I command to take arms, and to do the king's business. Nevertheless he prevailed not to accomplish his design. So Nicanor, being puffed up with exceeding great pride, thought to set up a public monument of his victory over Judas. But Maccabeus ever trusted with all hope that God would help them. And he exhorted his people not to fear the coming of the nations, but to remember the help that they had received from heaven, and now to hope for victory from the Almighty. And speaking to them out of the law and the prophets, and withal putting them in mind of the battles they had fought before, he made them more cheerful. Then after he had encouraged them, he showed withal the falsehood of the Gentiles, and their breach of oaths. So he armed every one of them, not with defense of shield and spear, but with the very good speeches and exhortations, and told them a dream worthy to be believed, whereby he rejoiced them all. Now the vision was in this manner. Onias, who had been high priest, a good and virtuous man, modest in his looks, gentle in his manners, and graceful in speech, and who from a child was exercised in virtues holding up his hands, prayed for all the people of the Jews. After this there appeared also another man, admirable for age and glory, and environed with great beauty and majesty. Then Onias answering said, This is a lover of his brethren, and of the people of Israel. This is he that prayeth much for the people, and for all the holy city, Jeremias, the prophet of God. Whereupon Jeremias stretched forth his right hand, and gave to Judas a sword of gold, saying, Take this holy sword, a gift from God, wherewith thou shalt overthrow the adversaries of my people Israel. Thus being exhorted with the words of Judas, which were very good and proper to stir up the courage and strengthen the hearts of the young men, they resolved to fight, and to set upon them manfully that valor might decide the matter, because the holy city and the temple were in danger. For their concern was less for their wives and children, and for their brethren and kinsfolk, but their greatest and principal fear was for the holiness of the temple. And they also that were in the city had no little concern for them that were to be engaged in battle. And when all 
expected what judgment would be given, and the enemies were at hand, and the army was set in array, the beasts and the horsemen ranged in convenient places. Maccabeus, considering the coming of the multitude, and the divers' preparations of armor, and the fierceness of the beasts, stretching out his hands to heaven, called upon the Lord that worketh wonders, who giveth victory to them that are worthy, not according to the power of their arms, but according as it seemeth good to him. And in his prayer he said after this manner, Thou, O Lord, who did send thy angel in the time of Ezekias, king of Judah, and didst kill a hundred and eighty-five thousand of the army of Sennacherib, send now also, O Lord of heaven, thy good angel before us, for the fear and dread of the greatness of thy arm, that they may be afraid who come with blasphemy against thy holy people. And thus he concluded his prayer. But Nicanor and they that were with him came forward with trumpets and songs. But Judas and they that were with him encountered them, calling upon God by prayers. So fighting with their hands, but praying to the Lord with their hearts, they slew no less than five and thirty thousand, being greatly cheered with the presence of God. And when the battle was over, and they were returning with joy, they understood that Nicanor was slain in his armor. Then making a shout and a great noise, they blessed the Almighty Lord in their own language. And Judas, who was altogether ready, in body and mind, to die for his countrymen, commanded that Nicanor's head and his hand with the shoulder should be cut off and carried to Jerusalem. And when he was come thither, having called together his countrymen and the priest to the altar, he said also for them that were in the castle, and showing them the head of Nicanor and the wicked hand which had stretched out with proud boasts against the holy house of the Almighty God, he commanded also that the tongue of the wicked Nicanor should be cut out, and given by pieces to birds, and the hand of the furious man to be hanged up over against the temple. Then all blessed the Lord of heaven, saying, Blessed be he that hath kept his own place undefiled. And he hung up Nicanor's head in the top of the castle, that it might be an evident and manifest sign of the help of God. And they all ordained by a common decree, by no means, to let this day pass without solemnity, but to celebrate the thirtieth day of the month of Adar, called in the Syrian language the day before Mardocius's day. So these things being done with relation to Nicanor, and from that time the city being possessed by the Hebrews, I also will here make an end of my narration, which if I have done well, and as it becometh the history, it is what I desired, but if not so perfectly, it must be pardoned me. If not so perfectly, etc. This is not said with regard to the truth of the narration, but with regard to the style and manner of writing, which in the sacred penman is not always the most accurate. See St. Paul, 2 Corinthians 11.16 For as it is hurtful to drink always wine, or always water, but pleasant to use sometimes the one and sometimes the other, so if the speech be always nicely framed, it will not be grateful to the readers, but here it shall be ended. End of chapter 15
End of 2 Maccabees, Dewey Reims Version.